All right, guys, welcome back to the Coaching Couch Podcast. You are here with your boy, Jumpman Jay, a.k.a. Jason LaCaille. We're not even going to go off of plant-based poppy anymore. Jason LaCaille, I'm going to use my government name, okay? And I'm here with Coach Manny. Hey, everybody. And Coach Cameron. What's up, guys? So the world has changed in such a short period of time with so much to talk about. I wanted to dive into the elephant in the room, and that is the Greg Glassman comment. Uh, this has been weighing heavy on many people's heads right now because of the current climate in the United States of America. Hell, let's just say the world. Um, so, you know, we all kind of collectively wanted to get together and talk about it. And, um, you know, I just got it that, you know, I, I I got to hear what Manny has to say about this. Yeah, so um, this has been the most uncomfortable situation I've been in as an affiliate owner. Uh, there's so much running through my head. There's so much confusion. And it's all coming so fast, and people want answers so quickly that I think it's it's unfair to be so demanding on an answer right now, especially you know, I'm someone who's, I consider myself to be really balanced. I, I always listen to every side before making a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess I generally don't agree with like, it, it's either this or this and there's no in between. You know, I, yeah. just like you, Jay, I, I live in a lot of gray. Yeah. You know, and I think that we can make the most change and progress by hearing both sides and then making a decision from there. It's just not as easy as, well, he said this, man, you got to bounce or else, or else we're going to burn you at the stake too. You know, I don't, I don't think that's fair for me. I don't think that's fair for anybody that exists in this world, especially if you're really going out there trying to make a change. And, um, you know, first and foremost, I think he said several things. And to me, they're, they're, they're related, but they're kind of different events. So Mm -hmm. I'll address what I know now as of uh, June uh, 9th. So, and I don't have all of the dates of when the events came out. I'll just kind of explain how I know everything. Okay. So, uh, in response to the Institute of Health and something, he had put out, you know, that Floyd 19 tweet, and later on he apologized, and the context behind it was really a jab at them for for the failed quarantine model. Uh, at face value, I think without context, to, you can make a lot of different assumptions about what that tweet meant and who it was targeted for, and I think it's fair for people to be upset and angry. Okay. Um, I think that once given the context, it does not excuse it because it was an absolutely inappropriate, stupid, and insensitive thing to say, especially in today's climate with everything going on. Um, so... But, but but did I think that that alone was targeted toward the black community in a negative way? I mean, maybe I'm not the person to be making that kind of judgment. But to me, it, it, it didn't seem that way. You know, especially from like knowing Coach Glassman a little bit and mm-hmm. following his work for a really long time and knowing what kind of outspoken kind of person he is. I, I didn't get that feeling. Um, but there were other things that kind of continued to unfold yeah. that now add to you know, the confusion. I think uh, 
to kind of bounce off that topic, or rather the the racial part of it, is um, HQ has been pretty quiet about the whole things that are happening, right? Mm-hmm. And the fact that they weren't quiet about the um, the LB, I'm sorry for messing up the LBGT. Thank you. Yes. The fact that they were pretty outspoken about Q, that I'm movement. Sorry. LBGT. Q. I Thank got the you. Q. I'm sorry. Um, the fact that they were really outspoken about that and not this makes you wonder a little bit. You're like, what the fuck, man? You know? Yeah. So, so to me, that's that's a bigger deal than the than 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 the tweet. So that's something that I question. Do I think that they're inherently racist, man? I, I give people the benefit of the doubt. I, that that's you are an innocent until proven guilty, guilty kind of person with me. You don't have to earn my trust. Mm-hmm. You have my trust until you break my trust. And to break my trust, you know, you have to do something that's pretty deliberate. And I have to hear you out. I have to weigh these things out. Like that's how I process a lot of things. Mm-hmm. That's how I make all my decisions. Even with like running the gym, I don't make reactive. I've I don't can't could you think of a time that I've made a very reactive decision? You know, I, I'm not a reactive kind of a guy. No, a lot of times it's me trying to be reactive and like pushing, and you're like, we got to pump the brakes a little bit. Yeah, you know, and and I you, know that you just have to get all the information. Yeah, you know? and 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 even with my gym posting. You know, not posting like the Blackout Tuesday thing and posting something like, you know, whatever, like five days later. You know, it's not because I don't support it. It's because I needed time to process this whole thing. Cameron and I literally talked about it from that day and forward about what we wanted to do. And not to be too off topic, but um, I didn't want the spotlight to be about us. And I didn't want to be a sheep in this situation. I'm more concerned with finding the solution and, and, and taking action rather than just checking something off my list i didn't want it to come off like that and to me that's how it felt and and maybe the feeling's not about me but um you know i feel like our actions and how we carry ourselves especially you know because i'm part of a minority you know group i mean i'm hispanic and Mm -hmm. my entire you know i we have this running joke in our staff that cameron is the minority of northeast crossfit yeah you know because he kind of is you know we're majority black and brown yes you know, and um, so I just want people to, to understand that it is a, this is a very um, diverse working staff. Um, I don't know if a lot of people like get that or understand that. Um, it's probably one of the most diverse uh, staffs I've been a part of. So yeah. I just want people to understand like this community and just from from, you know, from the top down, I've seen every color in here. So I just want to get that out there. Yeah. And, and you know, like I understand that. May, probably many people don't really see it that way because CrossFit is primarily owned by, you know, white people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man, you know, so I, I kind of get that stuff. And it's not like I was dragging my feet, but we were just thinking, like, what do we do? Is it is it more important for us to just post a thing and check it off our list? Or, 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 or do we just think of how we want to break this down? You know, because we've never posted an opinion about anything or feeling about anything. And that doesn't mean we don't support it. It's that we, we've just been more about how do, how do we take action on these more important issues. But I think I'm learning now that we're just living in a society that I guess just wants to see it. I, I still don't necessarily agree with that. But if that's what it takes just to not for for people to um, know where we stand, then, I, you know, then sure. You, you know what? Know. It's. I just want to chime in. It just makes me a little bit sad that it's that. A lot of people have dropped the affiliate, but what are they really doing to change the narrative is what I'm saying. You can drop the affiliate and I don't agree with anything that Glassman said. So my view is a little bit different. I just, um, 
you know, I, and I'm and, and I'm a logical thinker. I, he made a play on on two things that I think are sh- should be taken seriously. Um, one, COVID nineteen. Two, the death of George Floyd. And I think, given the current climate, I, I, people ha- are in their emotions and, and they're in their feelings, and everything is running very high right now. So those are two things that you need to stay away from because one, people have lost uh, loved ones to COVID nineteen, and watching George Floyd die. Let's and and that's pretty much it was like more murder porn. People watched it day in and day out. It was on the news, and you watched the man die on on live TV on you know on live TV because people were turning on the news and that's all you saw. So that was a very sensitive situation because of you know everybody knows the history of you know systemic racism in this country, and I feel like people saw that and then heard you know or or, or saw the tweet and was like, wow, you know what I mean? It and was then. Awful. It was awful, exactly. Awful. So, you know, he didn't make an apologetic tweet. He didn't, it, and, he, and he, he almost sounded like he didn't regret saying what he said. It's like he said it and it was what it was. And I think it, that was the knee-jerk reaction that everybody had. So, I mean, from someone who was on the front lines dealing with COVID-19, I felt like it was a very insensitive comment. Um, and then from someone who is a person of color who works in the law enforcement community, uh, the George Floyd situation had huge ramifications, and we're all that that, are, that we're dealing with now. So those are two things he should have definitely thought about before he made a comment like that. So I think people took that as he just doesn't give a fuck, and I don't want to be affiliated with somebody. And this is and this is just me saying what other people are thinking. Mm-hmm. They did not want to be affiliated with somebody who made a play on those two subjects that are so sensitive in America right now. And then, like, what what did CrossFit do as a company to help out their affiliates during the COVID-19? Now, that's something I know nothing about because I'm not an owner, right? So, and, and, and I, I wasn't involved in any of the, like, the financial stuff during this crisis. Did they step up and say, hey, you know, we're going to give you guys a break? So what they did was I think they had delayed people's affiliate fees that we're due, mm-hmm. but also understand that we're not franchises, so we're all independently owned and operated. So, um, which in this case is, I think, largely a good thing, right? For for good and bad, you know, franchises probably would have had some sort of help um, during the COVID nineteen crisis. But if the CEO of Arns Theory, for example, just a franchise company, um, said some off colored stuff like you can't easily just drop the orange theory brand mm-hmm. right you, you you're kind of forced to stick with it you know with us we have a choice which is a it's a good thing but it's also a super complicated thing um explain explain to the people why it's super complicated because i don't think they get that aspect of it yeah so the things that he said were for me i'm so frustrated i'm so sad i'm so disappointed at what he said and i'm so sad for the world in general right now i mean yesterday was a really tough day for me Cameron and i had a conversation about this it's like man we're just upset at everything happening in, in the world especially what happened to george floyd and and what's happening right now um and, and how people are reacting to it all and, and it's like dogs eating dogs out there right now mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't feel like there's unity and, and i think largely people are on the same team I really do. I think people are on the same team, but it's like some people are doing it this way, some people doing it that way, some people want it this way, and it's not good enough. 
and it's crazy. And I'm sorry I forgot your question because I started on a, on a little bit. Why of a is it complicated to? Uh, uh, yeah. So the way that I look at it, a lot of people dropped affiliation like right away. You know, the tweet went out and they were like, I'm not affiliated. And this was before like all of the other things started to unfold, which we'll get into in a little bit, which to me, it's like you you were just reactive and you didn't listen to anything. You know, they were like his words and everything he said. It's like at that moment, at that time, it was like a seven, seven character, eight character thing that he said that was very off colored, inappropriate, insensitive, et cetera. But I think that dropping being really quick to de-affiliate contradicts how we progress as a society and spare our own humanity. And that's by listening. That's by being open to forgiveness. Um, and, and that doesn't say you're not allowed to be angry or upset, man. I, I think there's plenty of reason for that, but I think it's really important to just always just try, try to peel it back try to not be so reactive and and let and let's get everything out there and make the best decision possible and that's what makes it really complicated is is people want an answer right now are you with us or against us and it, you know as an affiliate owner I need time to process this entire thing I cannot do it in a day I can't do it because there's still so much to unfold and it would be unfair for me to jeopardize what my future looks like what my entire staff and my brand looks like going forward just to drop affiliation like that, you know? And, and I think the reason why CrossFit has been so largely successful is because of that very word CrossFit, the word CrossFit is what has united so many people. And what are we, if we just drop the, if every single affiliate drops a CrossFit name and by trademark law, we can't even call what we do CrossFit, right? It's got to be wiped off of your internet, off of your marketing, your advertising, because that's what we pay for. It's We don't pay for Greg Glassman's advice. We don't really pay for anything from HQ. Thank you. We are our own, we are our own brand and identity. We are not, each affiliate, we're, the only thing we have in common really is the methodology. That is it. And, and not even the messages, well, really. And to argue, the methodology is slightly different from gym to gym. Yeah. The, how we deliver it is different. And this is, you know, part of the conversation that um, you and I had yesterday, you know, and one of the other coaches kind of resonated it as well. It was never about Glassman when you came into Northeast or another gym in the area. People don't even know who the fuck he is, man. Until now. Yeah, right? until now. And... um you know, you came here to see your coach. You came here to see your friends for your community. And that was it. And people are kind of like forgetting, I, I think, that part of it. Like, I'm in no way condoning what he said or mm -hmm. did. That's a separate thing. Now I'm specifically talking about, you know, if you're up in arms about him, but you're mad at us. But we didn't do that. Yeah. Right? Like, totally we've always done our things. own thing. We do it, you know. The Northeast way, we've had our way of, of running classes, of coaching movements, of developing relationships. There is no CrossFit blueprint. And there was never a time when Glassman stepped foot into our gym and was like, hey, you guys should do it this way. He didn't fucking email us. He wasn't checking on members. Mm -hmm. He had no say in what we did on any given thing. Never once. 
So I don't really give a fuck what he says <laughs> because we're doing shit our way, the same way that we've been doing it for the last eight years. Yeah. I'm getting a little heated right now, but no, it's true. Rightfully I, so. Because I get offended when I get lumped into something that I had nothing to do with. Oh, shit. Welcome to my world, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome I, to my I mean, that's world. Why that's why we're here, right? To have that conversation. It's like we've seen other comments and stuff on social media like, well, you guys didn't do this or this, and it was done this way. And basically kind of alluding to that I share those same views. I'm like, how did you get that from that? Like you were reaching, first of all. Yes. You know, and, and now I'm in the hot seat because of a guy in California made a stupid fucking tweet. Yeah. The only thing that we have in common is that I guess we both happen to be white and we do CrossFit. So two things in common for me. But yeah. I don't share any of his same views. I've never reached out to him and been like, hey, how <laughs> should I run my class today, yeah. Greg? How should I coach Susie when she's learning how to snatch? Mm -hmm. and, and also from like a social aspect, uh, what kind of society and world do you want to live in where when someone messes up, if, if you don't burn them at the stake that you are, you are now burned at the stake? Imagine a society where that is happening constantly. Like yeah. imagine if I messed up and then they're like, Cameron, you either got to quit or you're a piece of crap with him. Pick or choose, you know, these are really big, important decisions, you know. Same thing with, I'm sure it happens so much. I'm sure it's happened to you lately, being a uh, black cop. Yeah, I mean, and just to piggyback off that statement, that's like someone who, who committed an egregious act 10 years ago, right? Did his time, paid his debt to society, right? Gets out of prison and say, hey, I want to turn my life around. And goes out and becomes an upstanding citizen and changes his life around. Maybe he found God or for whatever reason, he wanted to change his life around. Now, is it fair to judge someone because of one mistake that somebody made and judge or deem that person a specific per, uh, specific type of human being because of something that he did? What kind of world would this be? Exactly. You got to forgive me. And I, like, I, I fucked up a lot. Yes. I and come. If Manny knew half the shit that I used to do and he held that against me, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't work for him. And this is what I'm saying. Like, it's like people want change, right? People want progression. But it's, you know, when you said that, it kind of like, it rung a bell in my head because I've known plenty of guys who have, have done things that they're not proud of in their life and have made complete, you know, 360s uh, in regards to how they live their life. And they're, they're great human beings now. But they got caught up in, you know, a, a a certain part of life that they, you know, you know, maybe they were lost and they didn't know their identity and they did something and they paid their debt to society and they came home and they changed their life. And these guys are phenomenal fathers. Uh, they're business owners and you know, they're, they're upstanding, you know, members of society. And I don't want to sit there and say this person is a piece of shit because they did something heinous 10 years ago. And then they realized the error in their ways and have changed their life. I think people are just more caught up with the fact that he was not apologetic about what happened. So therefore, the knee-jerk reaction was to be like, you know, we need to disassociate with this person. So now we have a business owner who's here and saying, well, it's not that easy. And no one has went on record and said this, this aspect of it. So like, people are afraid of getting ripped apart. I mean, I'm sure after this, I'm, I am anticipating Oh, yeah. I, and, and I said this prior to us hitting this record button like 
your phones are going to light up and you're going to get, you know, some backlash from it because, you know, you're not, you're not definitive on, on, exactly. on, on a side and, 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 yeah. and burning someone at the stake, which, you know, just like we talk about, man, uh, it is so important to listen, to forgive, you know, you can take your stance, you know, you could, to me, it should, it should be obvious. I mean, I've said it, mm-hmm. that I'm not about what he said. I'm about my thoughts, you know. And I, I think already... that's the most important part of the whole statement is that you do not agree with what he said. Everyone in this room is in a, is in a is in agreement that what he said was unacceptable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's just to just drop affiliation like that, and and also, you know, I think for a gym like Northeast, having the affiliation doesn't make or break us. It doesn't, and I know that. I know that I that this gym will be just fine. Both gyms will be just fine without it. However, it's about the future. I always think that, you know, having a brand creates strength. I mean, I'm wearing my strength in numbers CrossFit shirt right mm-hmm. now. You know, I, it's funny that I was looking for a white shirt to wear today because. I was looking for a white shirt to wear today. That's why I picked yeah, this Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and then I, as I'm looking through my white shirts, I'm like, ah, like I wore that one, you know, last week. I was like, oh, my strength in numbers shirt. I go, man, because I was thinking about this yesterday, like, Strength in numbers, you know, as 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 people who do CrossFit, the methodology, and it's it's changed our lives. It's given me such a different career. That to me, it's important, man. That that to to listen and to be part of us of a society that I want to see. And I know that uh, CrossFit looks really shit right now. And uh, what our, I, our yeah, I think that that's part of it too. That we didn't really touch on is yes. Glassman is the CEO of HQ. How many other people work there? Right? There's some really awesome people inside of that organization who have done so much for anyone at every level that's mm-hmm. involved in CrossFit. Again, it's kind of hard to just be like, peace, fuck you guys, because of one guy. Yeah. You know, I don't think that he speaks for all these other people inside the organization. Right? Yeah. You know, it's just, it's crazy to me. Um, CrossFit as a methodology has done so much and allowed us to do so many things. And it has really changed people's life. Some in more dramatic ways than others. Look what it's done for the entire world in general. You know, the, not just the fitness industry, the world CrossFit has done it. It's brought more awareness to, to health for sure um, in so many ways. And then even at like a really micro level, like people that I've coached, you can see their like demeanor and their confidence change and it restores them back to being whole. You know, not even the health, I'm talking about mental health. You know, somebody gets in the gym and they gain more confidence, they carry themselves different. Their life is now 100% different than it was before CrossFit. Yeah, I've had those conversations with people. I'm not saying that I was the reason for it, I'm saying that CrossFit and, and communities, and this isn't just a Northeast thing. This is gyms all over the fucking world. People are changed from it. And it's like, we can't lose sight of that. That's a that's a super important um, aspect of the whole thing. You know, that's first and foremost, the, the probably the most common word with CrossFit is community. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, hey, we're a community. We forgive. We, we talk. We have these dialogue. We're all in it together. It's not just one guy. 
Yeah. It's, it's it was never about one guy. And and what kind of community would we be if we we're just, just burning people at the stake left and right? It's scary because now I think to myself, I'm a human. I'm gonna fuck. I've fucked up, and I'm probably going to again. I hope I never say something so out of context that that uh you that that you know comes off and offends a big group of people. You wouldn't be human if you didn't make mistakes. I always I always tell people that shit. Like whether you believe in whatever it is that you believe in, right? So I am a Christian, right? So we are made in God's likeness, but we are not God, right? So we were we were created to be imperfect, right? That's why when people get mad, they do dumb shit, right? People people get emotional. They we're reactionary creatures, right? And I've learned in life that you cannot be quick to anger and quick to react. Um, and maybe it's it's just been my personal experience in life. But anytime I've over I've I've reacted, and from an emotional place or it or just had a knee jerk reaction, it's always come back to bite me in my ass at some point. Yeah. So I've I've learned to slow down the process, really think about what I'm going to to do, and I don't just think about the shit once. It's two three and then maybe on the fourth time around I'm like okay now I can make my decision to move forward or, or react but I've I've noticed that in my life as I've gotten older it's it's better to sit down and think and then go through the what if if this goes there always has to be a contingency plan always and I think people don't understand that I like I don't think I would have gotten this far in life if I did not have a contingency plan. And and that contingency plan needs a contingency plan. So there's a plan A, plan B, and a plan C. All right? Because if your ass falls and you don't have a parachute, ain't nobody coming to pick your ass up when you go splat. And I think a lot of people forget that. Because it's easy to walk away from somebody who falls on their face. Right? And no one's going to be there to, to pick them up when, when that happens. Everybody just walk away and say, I ain't telling to do that. Should have packed a parachute. Should have packed a parachute. <laughs> and that's the truth, right? And, you know, Manny had chimed in as me being, you know, a, a black police officer. And with what's going on in the country, people have told me, hey, man, just just turn in your gun and shield, bro. You're not for the people because of the uniform that you wear, right? So it's almost the same thing that they're saying to you right now. Yes. Oh, you're affiliated with Glassman, man. Like, you're a POS because you're affiliated with that man. Right. Because of what happened to George Floyd, does that mean all cops are bad? Thank you. And then <laughs> now people are saying that, oh, it's 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 that ideology right there. It's like, because everyone's going to say that there's a few bad apples in every batch, right? That's life. There's a few bad batches in everything. You know, doctors kill a lot of people every year. I don't see them trying to burn them at the stake, right? Well, maybe now they will. <laughs> I don't think doctors anyone's kill them, man. hundreds and thousands of people. Right. And, they, and there's you know, a lot of good ones, too. And there's a lot of good ones, too. Yeah. So I always say this. Anything that has to do with the human spirit, things happen where you have to be what like there's good and bad in everything, in everything that you come across. Right. And sometimes in life you become jaded or you become callous because of the things that have happened to you. People experience certain traumas and and that changes a human being over time. So this is why you get mistakes and people get emotional and they become reactionary, right? But at the end of the day, 
a good human is still a good human being, and, and what's wrong is wrong, and what's right is right. I always, I will always stand by that. But because, you know, I'm a police officer, does not make me less black. Does not make me less of a human being. It means that I'm part of something, right? That, you know, my family before me did this. This was a dream of mine as a child. As I got older, it kind of changed a little bit, but then as I got, you know, it kind of came back full circle and I became a police officer to change the narrative, to, to become the difference, the change that I wanted to see from the police experience that I had as a, as a kid. I wanted to change that. I didn't want the kids to, to, to go through some of the stuff that I saw or that, that, that I experienced. So I wanted to change the narrative. So when I hear Manny talk about his business and, and, you know, him being affiliated with somebody that made a comment that doesn't define who he is as a human being, as a business owner. So, so let me ask you this. We happen to have a Twitter, Twitter happy uh, person sitting in the Oval Office these yeah. days. When he says some dumb shit, does that mean that all Americans agree hmm. or share that? That's actually a I just popped in my head. Analogy. Preach. So when he <laughs> when he tweets out, drink uh, whatever the fuck Bleach it is. Bleach. Bleach, chlorophyll, something. Chlorophyll sounds more like borophyll. <laughs> more like borophyll. But like, does that mean that we all agree with that statement? Absolutely not. Yeah, It's like, crazy to think that one person's opinion at any level dictates the opinion of everyone else. I, Unless I you come out and say... I 100% agree and support that, which is not the case in, in this Glassman situation. I think no one is condoning what he said. Um, so it's like, I, I don't understand that. That's, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm just happy that you brought that up, dude. Like, like we're all in agreement that this man said some crazy shit and was not apologetic about it. About it. And we, don't, we do not condone or, or agree with the things that he said. It doesn't doesn't define who we are. And you said like, you know, the gym will be fine, but there's this other there's other issues that are deeper than just dropping the affiliate and then trying to exist. Like you have to think about this is your livelihood. And 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 this goes beyond just our gym too. You know, like think about if CrossFit ceased to exist because of this. What happens in 5 years from now? People aren't thinking Do like that. Do you think more people start micro gyms? CrossFit was the largest in history, the largest microgym movement. You think fucking F45 or Orange Theory are going to make the kind of impact that CrossFit has? Out of your goddamn mind. Yeah. Out of your mind. Hell yeah. no. CrossFit does. Does everyone want to see that go away? That, this morning, made me so sad. You know, it made me so sad, the thought that I may not call what I do CrossFit anymore. It literally, right now, it makes me want to almost fucking cry because it's, this is not about Glassman at all. This is, this is about what this has done for my life and all the people that I've affected and all the people that they affect and, 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 and how the goodness of CrossFit has spread so, so far and that everyone just denouncing it without listening and, and really processing it. No one has processed this, man. Even some of the biggest leaders in our industry, are, are, you cannot process something this big in one day. That's crazy. I just got a text that Rich, Reebok, and Rory are gonna try to buy out Greg today. So what happens if that happens? 
So wait, so this is what I, <clears throat> this is what I think should actually. But happen. he has to agree, right? He has to be willing to sell. I believe so. He owns a hundred percent. Yes, yes, yes. This is what I think should happen, and, and this is actually where I stand now with more of like you know from reading through, you know, the emails and getting more and more things kind of continue to unravel by the day, which is why it's important to not be reactive. Not that the things that are unfolding help his situation; they make it worse. However, it's important to just let everything unfold before you make a decision. Um, but at this point, like a change needs to happen because, you know, as of yesterday, I, I was more like definite on keeping the affiliation. Today, I'm more in the air about it, um, you know, because I, I, I'm just so confused. And yeah. Well, so let's, to clarify why you're feeling a little bit more confused is we had new information today. Yes, we had new information today. So if you're not familiar, on top of the Glassman thing that Manny kind of touched on, there was a email that came out of Glassman responding to another gym owner. Mm -hmm. And the email, it sounded like a five-year-old who knew how to curse. Um, (laughs) does Does that summarize it? Yeah. Okay. So, but we hadn't seen what the email was that led to him responding. Okay. So you're you're kind of just left in the dark. Yeah. So this morning, we found the email. So this woman posted it and the whole email. It was a long email, very well written, um, a lot of stuff that we both agreed on, and you know a few things that we didn't really quite see eye to eye. But she raised a lot of good points. Specifically about um, the bigger things were the one, brand identity, the brand identity, two, a lack of support for you know the black community when you've done all these other things, and really just being there for the affiliates and being a leader, you know, um, yeah. for them. And then you get his response, which he basically was like, "Fuck you." Oh, yeah. And so then, as an affiliate owner, I'll let man kind of take over. Now you're kind of like. Does he even give a shit about us? You know, like. It's like watching your idol do something really, you know, like someone that you idolize do something like that. It just, it feels crushing. That's how it just feels. You're just like, I I know the type of person he is, and I've always admired him for being that kind of person. However, that is absolutely not the way you fucking talk to people. Period. Period. Even if you're upset and angry, that if you're about change and about unity, you got to be about that fucking life too. <laughs> and that was so upsetting to me, uh, man. I, I'm, I'm still really, fucking, I don't know, just really upset about it. It's it's a shitty time. Right yeah, now. you uh, know, a lot of a lot of uncertainty in the air. Yeah, you know. I so agree. I guess where I'm at is like he said this, which made me so disappointed and. I don't want to say ashamed, but disappointed. This is not a good time to be an affiliate. But at the same time, I don't want to see CrossFit die. And that's where I'm at. And I guess that's why it's so confusing. He says something really fucked up that I'm not about. Mm -hmm. And I know he doesn't represent me. And at the same time, I don't want to see CrossFit die out. I don't, man. You know, I I think that movement was so powerful and the best thing to ever happen to health in the world. In the world. They've been fighting evil. The evils of health. Yeah, since its inception, do we that will end if 
changed, give affiliates it changed my life, to so. exist. I would love for, I think right now to make it right, he's got a couple of options. I think for one, him stepping down as CEO would probably be the most appropriate because he can still be the owner. He can still be the vision. But at this point, he cannot be the guy that is representative of us I just think because we deserve better. They want him exiled because of those statements and what's transpired. And I think if, as long as people know he's attached to this, that's going to be the feel. That's just what I'm getting from people that I've spoken to over the last couple of days since this whole thing has do you, went down. Do you think because the emotions are really high right now when with time they kind of die down? Because think about all of think about all, all of history. I mean, Michael Vick was out there, you know, yeah. killing dogs. People forgot, you know, people forgave him after a few years. Yeah, but then people would sit, sit there and say that that was layered. Yeah. You know what I mean? And basically that was layered. Of, and then we all know, like, what was the underlying issue there? Um. Because someone made someone made a statement to me about that Michael Vick had did more time than I forgot what the number of cops that had taken the lives of whoever Michael Michael Vick had did more time than the cops that have taken lives of I, I forgot what the number was. Oh man, don't get me started on 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 unfair prison sentences and how we need massive prison reform and that's the thing like oh, that's a whole separate because now i'm like man. i'm watching 13 <clears throat> and they're and talking this, and about I wanted how to segue uh, into that man an like, ounce of crack okay. cocaine was yeah. the equivalent of like a hundred ounces of cocaine yeah and so like you had people getting busted for less than an ounce and they were doing basically life sentence dude that, I, had that shit mind boils me and that had Fucking crazy detrimental effects on the black community um because there were there were families broken up, you know, guys sitting in prison for, you know, 20, 30 years over a small amount of crack cocaine. And basically, if you caught, you were caught with powdered cocaine, it was like a slap on the wrist. And, uh, you know, that's that's what I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I grew up in the 80s. Uh, I was a kid, but I just I remember seeing crack vials out here. And, you know, almost I can remember them crunching underneath my sneakers as a kid. And not knowing what the hell it was because you were too young to kind of understand the dynamic of it. And then as you grow up, you know, there were people in my community um, that were going to jail. And, like, you you know, you're not seeing them from, like, the age of, like, six. to, And then you're 16 or, or, or almost 20 years old and the motherfuckers is popping back out. And so it's from some charge that they got when I was a kid. And I was like, oh, shit. And you don't really understand certain things, right? And then, you know, you you, you start to see or research you know, like the Central Park Five. And then you watch that documentary and how they were coerced. And they took, you know, it was that's, that shit was inadmissible. These kids were juveniles. And they came out well into, like, being adults. Grown-ass men. Grown-ass men, yeah. You know, there's a huge disparity with, you know, prison reform and, and, and the judicial system. And, and um, you know, it's, it's tough to... So, uh, so I think that that's, like, a good segue... I'm going to play host for a second. Go ahead, kid. It's, it's, Go nice. Ahead. it's nice being in the seat. Um, actually doing something. So, you know, we were talking about, you know, posting on social media um, and kind of what that looks like. And it's like, there's so much more that you can do that has a more of a direct impact into actually <clears throat> bringing about change and, and restoring, you know, equality and stuff like that. Um, 
you guys agree? Absolutely. I mean, do we? Yes, to me, social media has never been real life. Um, you it's know, a highlight uh, reel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It it is a highlight reel, and when it comes to anything that is, uh, I guess, charitable or I don't want to say noble, but rather I don't want to be rewarded or take the spotlight away from a real issue. And I don't want my social media to be a checklist so people can agree with me. I don't want, I don't, I don't look for the likes or the attention of the most woke response to something, you know, because to me it defeats the entire purpose of, of, of a movement or of, of change. And maybe that's an unpopular opinion or way of thinking about it, but that's how I, that's how I feel. And, and that's true to me. And, you know, all I want to do is help in the best way that I know I can help. And I've always been a person of, of actions. I'm, I'm not a very showboaty kind of a person. And, um, yeah, man, it, it, it's almost, it's been really disappointing for me to see people get just, eaten alive because yeah. they didn't post something on social media or they posted it late. When I know like I like social media. I think that it can be a very useful tool to get ideas out there to start conversations, but they need to be productive. And that's what a lot of like what we're seeing now is well that there there's no conversation that's ever existed in social media that's productive. The, the way that I look at like the posting and stuff now is that like it should be the start of the the conversation, not the start, the middle, and the end. Because guess what? You know, it got accomplished. Fucking nothing. nothing. Probably just a little bit more hate and 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 more and more division. Yeah. And that it almost makes me want to. It makes me so sad for humanity. Well, that's what I mean. Like, so you post something, and then let's say you know, Jay comments, and then I message him on the side, and it's like, hey. Let's let's have a, a real discussion about this. Let's hop on a phone call. Yeah, you know that's that's where it can be productive, and that's how you too bad you gain too. different perspective and stuff. But yeah, it, that's are, not what happens. Are, it, you no. know, the most common thing I see, you know, it drives me crazy to see like someone with like Black Lives Matter, and then someone's like All Lives Matter, and you're like, oh my god, please stop with this already. Yeah, this is just an argument, man. I mean, let's think about this, right? Jessica Griffin, and uh, she put a, a whole Black Lives Matter situation on her page, and. The blackout box, and then the text she, comes out. I don't follow her. Anymore. Yeah. Well, she, yeah, she, she did doesn't it. have Instagram now, right? Yeah, no, she's she's, she's she deactivated, and she's trying to do some uh, some uh, damage control. She's yeah. trying to put a tourniquet on what just happened. That's probably smart. You know, she got to throw some quick clot in there too, because she's <laughs> they, she was hemorrhaging followers, and people were adding her, and it was not a good thing. But that is a prime example. She put up a post, and then you know a text amongst friends comes out, and. The true colors fly. I mean, this shit is all for show, man. People think like, you know, IG is like who these people actually are, and it's that's not. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> it's not. I, a, exactly. I, I can't I mean, stand the the fakeness of it. Sorry to cut you off. It, no, it's it, the it truth like, though. It like reminding me. So when everyone was doing like the blackout box, and, and this is probably another reason why I I didn't put the blackout box like right away, um, was because. We saw it left and right, and I was like, man, all my wife, like, one, initial reaction, oh, that's cool, people are supporting, and then I kept looking at it going, man, I wonder if this dude even has black friends, and this is what, and, and I swear I never really True. spend, I swear I never spend time, I never waste my time going through social media, I, yeah. I just don't, but I was curious, I would go, 
me and my fiance, we, we, we picked out a couple of our friends that we know. We're like, let me look through their Facebook friends list. We're not even real friends, Facebook friends. Bro, we see a thousand friends, zero to one or two black friends on their thing. And they are all about, you know, Black Lives Matter. It's like, you don't even have black friends. It's the trend. It's the hashtag right now. And that made me feel so, like I wanted to, I wanted, I was like, you know what? I can't be a part of like the fake people. I want to do something. Well, we had a really good conversation about that because I posted the the blackout picture and I remember we were on the phone talking about it and, you know, our discussion went into, um, you know, I, I do have black friends. Surprise. Um, but, uh, <laughs> shocker. Cameron's from Texas. He's got black friends. And, um, but we were talking about, you know, it even goes so far as to, um, People choose place to live and stuff like that and and avoiding certain parts of town. And we were even talking about, um, you know, a place in Texas yeah. where I told you straight up, I it is literally, this is one side and then this yeah. is the other yeah. and it is split down the middle. Um, and it's crazy that those same people who go out of their way to avoid that are the same ones who are the loudest voices and condemning people for... For not being as active, and it's like, wait a second, it's it's crazy. What do you, what do you do then for the community at large? And I'm saying just the community at large, not even like the black community. Not a lot. You're pretty isolated. You got your white friends, and that's it. And that's what kills me, bro. Like, like you said, like you'll 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 go through their shit, one or two, and they're posting this as if they really believe in the movement. And, and and that's what kind of got me. I didn't, I didn't post a black box. And nobody said anything to me. Can you guess why I didn't say anything to me? I mean. Because you're a cop? The, <laughs> <laughs> that was part of it. That was part of it. Because you like, own a gun? <laughs> it's like people people expect others to jump on a bandwagon just because that's the thing to do right now. And I've never been that type of person. Never. You know, I lost a lot of friends when I became a cop because I, you know, I didn't do what was popular or what was cool. And I, don't, and I didn't care because I, I, this is something that I wanted to do and I did it. And I didn't care. And, and those people that I lost weren't real friends, you know, because I became a police officer. You can't be my friend and you must be out here doing some shady shit. And it is what it is. You know what I mean? But I didn't, I didn't feed into the hoopla and it doesn't make me any less black because I could tell you right now firsthand, I, I, I am reminded almost weekly that I'm a black man, so, in some capacity, in some capacity, like, I had a conversation with somebody, right, and I had to tell him, like, when I was 13 years old, my father had a conversation with me, and it wasn't about the birds and the bees, and my father was in law enforcement, he had a conversation about how to react to when you get stopped or have a police encounter how to conduct yourself. And the, the, the guy I was talking to was a white guy. And I asked him if his father had that conversation with him. He goes, nah, dude, like that's not, that wasn't even a thing, you know, birds and the bees. And that was it. No one told me how to interact with cops. I just kind of went about my business. I, I, I mean, I knew to be respectful, but I didn't, 
you know, not to make any furtive movements or put, keep my hands in my, I didn't, no, my dad had to sit me down and talk about that. Keep going. Uh, um, I mean, I don't know if you guys have had that conversation, but I know that was a thing in my house. No, I didn't. No, no. And that's the thing that, that non-black people kind of need to understand and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's a big reason why people are upset is because they don't have to think about, or, or rather, I think that's why some people in the black community are really upset and they're protesting is because it's those little things that they, I don't have to think about like, that most people don't have to think about simply because we're not black. And that's the truth. Mm-hmm. It's undeniable, you know, and, and being a, a, a brown guy, you know, it's like, you know, we see some stuff, but we don't see it to the, and, and, I, and I can't speak for everybody, right? You know, I'm just talking about my experience, but it's like, I'm sure we see things in different degrees. It's like the fact that I've never had to experience things like that is, is a, is, is just a different, it's different. Yeah. It's. It's very eye-opening, and I think as a society, we have to not be in denial about the real struggles. And don't let some of the really loud and divisive people of that community be representative of the actual problem and why they're upset in the first place. Because I I think that's another thing, too, is um, sometimes things can look like they're divisive, and and then now you don't want to listen anymore. But the thing is, they're angry for a reason. Something I, is simple. I think as, the fact that we're having this conversation and people are actually understanding that it is a thing. I've felt for years that people thought that it didn't exist <clears throat> or they just acted like it didn't exist. And then now you see these specials are getting a lot of traction, a lot of traction. Like uh, when they see us, the 13th Amendment. Um, there's another one that people were raving about. Well, I'll, I'll jump in because... I think I can speak better than anybody on this. Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware just how far down the rabbit hole it goes. You know, I oh yeah. I grew up in a uh, golf community suburb of of Houston, which was ninety nine point nine percent white. Yes, we never had conversations about how you were supposed to deal with cops and mm. and anything like that. It actually took moving to New York where I'm exposed to a variety of cultures and demographics and just people of all walks of life. You start understanding different things and then having these conversations, you know, like we've had multiple you know, conversations about not just George Floyd and, and the current thing, but in general. And we're having phone calls with different people and I'm reaching out to people who I know and trust and trying to better understand where they're coming from and why people are so angry because I can't. I, I literally cannot fully understand why it's such why people are as upset as they are because I've never experienced any of those things. I literally had the opposite of anything that you know people of color have had to deal with. But if you're not communicating, if you're not fucking talking to people, the world doesn't change. Yeah, you know, like then now my point of view doesn't change. And then that doesn't impact, you know, future kids that I have. And, you know, that's how the world starts to look different that's in how the narrative 50 changes. years. Yeah. 
these that's, conversations. That's what we were talking about with, with like kids and stuff, you know. You have Mia and, and uh, the other one on the way, you know. You're going to bring them up in, in a diverse environment. They're yeah. going to be with people f- in the gym from all different walks of life. Like, they're not going to know racism. That's taught. You, yeah. don't, you, don't, you don't wake up racist. That's taught. Yeah. Well, yeah. Daphne so and I actually just started. We actually just had a conversation about that because she was a little bit worried because, you know, we're brown and my kid looks brown. Have you seen her? She's beautiful and she's super brown. I love it. You know, but she was like, Manny, like, well, what was it like for you growing up? What do you think it's going to be like for her growing up? Do you think that she'll have to deal with any of the things that people see? And it was it's like, man, I hope not. I think the world's going to be better. Listen, Uncle Cam will fuck a kid up. <laughs> I, I will punt a child. <laughs> like, because uh, it's just, it's it's weird because I have conversations with people and like, like, I tell them stuff that people have called me. I'm like, somebody actually called you that? I'm like, yeah. Has anyone ever called you derogatory term in regards to your race? And you know how many people That was said, literally my response to you the other day. Yeah, like, you know how many people said, like, nah, bro. I'm like, oh, that's different, man. Like, because I've heard it on plenty of occasions in different capacities, too. Like, I've, I think I've dated every color underneath the sun, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard someone call me something. Just, it's a thing. Racism exists. Yes. And I think people tried to like act like it didn't. Maybe, and maybe in their isolated world, suburb yeah. life, it doesn't. But in real life, it does exist. And I think people are now starting to see that it exists. Because now, you know, like, like you said, you were watching the 13th Amendment and, and how layered that was. You know what I mean? And Dude, I had, I had to pause it because I was trying to, there's so much to it that, you know, a lot of it is well before my time, so I'm yeah. I'm catching up on the history of everything, and it's like, holy shit, man! Like, it goes fucking deep. Yeah, you have to think about. I tell people this all the time. You have to think about what, how this country was created. It was, you know, Europeans came to a land that was already inhabited by indigenous people. Okay, and they pretty much eradicated them with disease, right? And then the ones that remained, they slaughtered, right? Forgotten country, and the the whole economic structure was built on slave labor. So when that ended, how do you suppose they kept the United States alive? They created laws to keep these people enslaved, but instead of calling it slavery, they called it a law, right? And it was in a, it was the Thirteenth Amendment that played a huge role in that. And I, I you know a lot of people don't get that; they don't understand that. It's like I know you've probably seen this thing on like Instagram where that that coach has these kids out on like on, on like a field. The white privilege video. Yeah, that's a real thing. It ex- yeah, it exists, and it's like I always tell people, man, like I got lucky. I was blessed enough to have two parents that gave a shit about me and and really instilled hard work and 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 not letting your race, or your ethnicity, be a crutch. Um. It's funny, uh, shout out to Dex Hopkins because he did a live the other day. And he had a, his friend DeMarco was on there with him. And DeMarco is this 6'4", 250-pound black man from Alabama. And uh, him and Dex became friends, I think, like when Dex was like six or seven or something like that. Um, and his father 
verbatim said the same thing that my father said to me um, throughout my life. Like, I have to work two or three times harder than a white person just to even be considered equal. You know, my dad used to tell me, like, if you get 100 on a test and so-and-so gets 85, they just know that that's not looked as your 100 is 100, just so you know that. You know what I mean? And this man's father told him the same thing. This is a thing, you know what I mean? And, like, I don't I, I don't know why people don't understand this, and it goes back to, like, Jim Crow laws and redlining and things of that nature. Like, people in this country of color has always have always had to have, you know, to work harder to get whatever it is that they wanted to get because it wasn't created. This land wasn't created for, for, for people of color to exist on an equal length, you know, like, like, you know, like in, in, in equal stature because this constitution was written by white landowners. So the land of the free wasn't the land of the free for people of color. It was the land of the free for, for, for white landowners. And just think about women's rights in this country. Like, they had to hustle for their shit. These are white women we're talking about. This is white America. They had to hustle to get those laws, right, to, so they can be considered equal. They were almost considered property. Yeah. You know, they couldn't vote. I mean, like, let, so let's just look at the progression of the United States of America, right? Like we said this before, progression is not a linear thing. It ebbs and flows, right? So we are progressing. Things are changing. And that's the only thing you can ask for, right? And this is what I was trying to chime in about the looting and, and, and the rioting that has been transpired. And, um, uh, you know, sorry about that. That was my phone. That's Bluetooth into the, I know you just heard the Bad Boys theme music. <laughs> um, but, and this is what I'm trying to tell people, ebbs and flows, like progression is not a linear thing. We are, we are changing as a country. It's not going to happen overnight. But if you want change, let's go about it the right way. And I understand that there's angry people out here. And, you know, people were saying, like, after, you know, the riots in 68, after, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King was killed, you know, 110 cities, I think, burned and looted. And then the Civil Rights Act was passed. Um, You know, sometimes drastic measures call for drastic actions. But if we are trying to change the narrative, right, if if we really... If you really care about black lives and why are we burning down the very communities that we live in? Um, and these are people that are actually struggling from the COVID situation. Businesses had to be closed. Okay. Um, they're starving just like everybody else is starving. And now, you know, you go in there, you rummage through their stuff. We're all at a disadvantage. It doesn't help the narrative. It does not change anything. It only makes things worse. How things change is this. Us sitting in a room and having a conversation and listening to different sides of the story and saying, how do we come to a point where we can make a change and change things? How do we become better? What can I do? And I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Since this thing has happened, I've had several conversations with different people from different walks of life. And I will not entertain, you know, a, a, a conversation with someone who's not willing to do this in a civil manner. The minute you start saying some crazy stuff, I'm not even going to waste my energy because you're not here to have a constructive conversation. You want to get your point across and you have no facts. You have nothing other than the fact that you're an emotional person and you just want to say X, Y, and Z. Nothing ever gets fixed if you do not have a neutral approach. You have to be able to have this conversation. 
and show a little bit of vulnerability or whatever, or, or just, you have to understand certain things that people have went through. And I, and I get that I'm a person who I spoke to six black guys from six different parts of the country. And we all had the same experience with police officers. I mean, I, and I've been a cop since I'm 22 and these guys were all from six different places in the, in, in the country. And we all had very similar experiences. And I didn't let that change. It, it didn't change how I looked at what I wanted to do and what I wanted to become. It only fueled me to get on the job and try to change that narrative. So I, I tell people now, like, hey, you know, the fact that people are actually sitting down and having these conversations and people who don't understand about, like, systemic racism and things like that that exist in this country are now sitting down and say, holy shit, this shit exists. The convo starts there. Things change right there because these are people who had no idea that this shit existed. I know you, saw, you guys saw that video where that girl was on Instagram and she was talking to her parents. And basically she's saying, like, you know, systemic racism exists and this guy's like, yo... All they do, this is her father. All they do is just, they, you know, they mooch off the system. I've worked in the ghetto, I know. And the daughter is like losing it. Now, I'm pretty sure she caught some backlash. And I'll tag you in the video because it's crazy. It's yeah, on Shade Room somewhere. It's bananas. And I know her parents probably cooked her after because she probably lives in a very nice neighborhood. And maybe there might be one or two brown families on that block that are affluent or whatever the case may be. But uh, I'm pretty sure when they walk out to cut the lawn, they might get the bird flipped at her because... It basically, this dude sounded like Archie Bunker, and the mom kind of sounded the same way too. Yeah, and and actually, when you bring that up, it just kind of sparked like how this whole thing is so complicated. It's so deep rooted, and it is a rabbit hole and a half. Yeah. You know, because even like the comment of of I work with those people and they move off the system. It's like, all right, well then, why is that system created in the first place? You ever think of that one? It's mm. like. You know, it's not it's not as simple. It's not black and white. Like they move off the system. They don't want to. They don't want to progress. It's like, why is the fucking system in the first place? Who's voting for that system and keeping it there? Is that system empowering them? Oh, you, you know, you didn't think of that one. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like it starts with vote. Like that's what it, you. The, the pen is much mightier than the sword. I was always taught that. I like that. And I and people don't understand that. They do not understand that. You have to go about it in a civil manner. Think of, I, I tell people this all the time, and think about any radical that's existed. They get, or anybody that came to try to create change that had a little bit of fear, if, it, if a little bit of fear was mixed in there, they, they were assassinated or, or, or something unfortunate happened to them. That isn't, that isn't random. And I say this all the time. If you want to make change, I always say this, like, you have to move in silence. You have to do things um, that count, right? It, everything has to be strategic. And you cannot just be randomly doing things in anger and aggression because it solves nothing. If you think that it's going to change something, it ain't. Because this law's got to get passed. Things got to change. And burning and looting and carrying on is just not going to get that done. And then, you know, I know people are saying, like, oh, well, you know, they just abolished the police department in, uh, in Minnesota. But there, there's, there's municipal law that requires some level of public safety. And you also have to look at the backlash of not having a police department. How do you defend personal and private property without a level of force. How do you sleep at night in your house, right, with your children, your loved ones, 
knowing that there's no public safety to stop a criminal or some cretin to coming in your house and taking what you work for. How do you stop that? You going to talk them down? Makes me think of like the movie Purge. 12 hours. Survive. Just think about this, right? If you, if, if, if you imply that you have 12 hours and there will be no legal ramification for any of your actions, how much carnage would be out there? I extrapolate that by like months. It'd be Mad Max 2020 out here. Yeah. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Because those who will those those who are looking to take advantage of a situation We're already seeing it. Will take advantage of a situation. And that's what I try to tell people all the time. It is it is necessary that you have some form of protection. And I think people who are screaming for you know, let's defund the police. Let me tell you something right now, man. Mental health has been an issue in this country for years. So if you try to take money and allocate that to mental health and all of that, it might help. It might help. But I don't know if it's going to be a definitive thing that's going to help. If you're telling me that you're going to get a mental health uh, caseworker that's going to talk somebody, I've been in situations where Someone who was going through an episode has barricaded themselves in a bathroom and, I mean, just destroyed the bathroom and had to be taken out by force. And uh, I don't think a woman with a clipboard is going to be able to talk that man. Well, and why does it have to be one or the other? Right? Why, why, is the, why is the only option on the table is defund police and then we reallocate that money to this? Why can't it be a healthy median? Right. You know, do I believe in more community policing? Absolutely. 1000%. I think people who come from communities of color need to, to, to start taking exams and, and, and changing that and, and getting on the job. Cause that's how you help. Because like some people don't understand why people do certain things in certain neighborhoods, why people sit out in front of buildings on, on crates and, and, and hang out. Um, why, you know, why do people talk with their hands and, and talk loud or they play dominoes on the sidewalk? And when they, you know, when you win domino, you got to slam that motherfucker down and the dominoes go everywhere. That hang- looks like an aggressive action. That's part of the game. You've been hanging out with my dad or something? I'm just saying, man. <laughs> I used to go over to my uncle's house every weekend. And that's how I, they played dominoes. Bam! Just dropping dominoes. Down. Like, and and I, I just remember being on patrol and certain people didn't understand why people sat outside. Why people you know, talk loud, you know, or, or, or why they wear certain things. Like you, you, you need to have a little bit more insight and knowledge to culture and understand. And that's, that's where the change starts right there. Cause now you have people who can kind of come in and quell situations. And then you're also going to have the other half of just don't, they don't want police in their community at all. But I can't tell you how many times someone on the third floor of, of a building has called and said that so-and-so is in front of the building selling drugs. If, and I, I hate when people say that, you know, cops randomly run into neighborhoods and, 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 and bother people because that's I, I I've never bothered somebody just because now I can't speak for everybody else. I'm just talking about for me. I've never bothered somebody just because I, I, I want to go, go to work and leave and, you know, in one piece. I'm not taking any you know extra risks or, or doing anything extracurricular. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Now, is everybody like me? No. Maybe there's somebody who had a bad day, 
and they want to take that out on somebody else. But I take what I do very seriously because I have the ability to change someone's life uh, for good or bad. And, and that weighs heavy on me as a human being. It has nothing to do with me being a police officer. Just so happens that my profession, I'm a police officer. So that's my, that's my two cents on what's happening. Some heavy stuff, man. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a tough time for, it's, it's a tough time for a lot of people. And especially for someone like you, who's seems like it's like caught in the middle, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, you're trying to be the voice of, of reason and trying to be the leader of, of change to the best of your ability. It's, and that's what we need more of. It's balanced, tough, man. Balanced perspectives, actual listening, and plans and actions that that are actually making a change. Yeah, need really good leadership. True. I I, I mean I agree with that wholeheartedly, man. And uh, I'm thankful for having guys like you in my life that I can sit down and have conversations with, and it's constructive. It's it's open, and I I value your guys' opinions and like your point of views. Um, cause I've learned a lot from just hanging out with you guys and just sitting down, even just shooting a shit like this. Like I learned so much. Um, and, and I, I understand things in a different light by having these kind of conversations and, you know, this is, I hold things like this near, like in dear to my heart because you don't become better by being irrational. You become better by being open and understanding and listening to other people's views and opinions and, and then coming to a middle ground like we started the conversation with. Not being not having knee jerk reactions to certain comments or 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 um you know you know statements. It's just the world needs more controlled conversation and and people need to learn from mistakes and understand that things can be forgivable, people can change. And, and that's how we become better as people by having these conversations and doing these type of things. And that's my spiel. Love it, God. man. <clears throat> Love it. I think we, I think we nailed this one. Yeah. Uh, I think we covered a lot of ground and we, we covered all current events that are happening right now. So if anything has anything, in, if anybody has anything in closing, no, man, I think your your last statement was fantastic. You know, we, we love having this kind of dialogue and uh, using this platform to communicate. You know, I, I find it to be far more effective than than creating a solo video, creating a solo post where there's no real dialogue. You know, to me, this is more effective. You know, it's my hopes that people can listen to this with the, you know, with an open mind and an open heart. And uh, get something good out of this. Amen. Yeah, no, 100%. You guys sum, sum that up quite nicely. I, get, mm-hmm. I don't have anything to add on that. Well, thank you guys for uh, tuning into the Coaching Couch. Uh, this is going to be a two-part series. So uh, we got a nice... I was going to say, are we going to introduce what the second part is? No, nah, we'll, we'll save it. Um, you know, But it's going to be a two-part situation. So uh, this, is, this is a two-part series. So this episode will have a part one and a part two. And I think you guys will like our guest. Um, it puts a little twist on, I think, what's going on right now. So um, we'll have some different insight. Um, 
What, you got some? Yeah, and you know, I was going to say, I think here we talked about a lot of the problems and kind of introduced some solutions, and I think the yes. second one will actually uh, represent more of the solution aspect of things because there's no sense in talking about problems if we're not going to talk about how to make things better. So I think the second part we'll really get into. You know, we, we have some uh, guests on that, that, that we've already spoken to that have already given us some ways that, that we can help our community, and we're so appreciative. We're so appreciative of that, and we're really excited to have this person as a as as a guest. So. All right, all right, guys. So we'll see you in part two. Peace. Bye bye. Peace.